2: Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson.
0: And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we are talking about a heavy topic. Um, A lot of our topics are heavy, but I think this one has um, a special significance in which it may be a little more traumatizing or trauma-inducing for some listeners. Uh, Today, we're talking about just mourning the loss and dealing with the pain of losing Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, we... We thought it would be a good time to kind of like, you know, just, I don't know, man, I'm trying to think of the uh, the proper words, man, but just, just I don't know, just to kind of give it its proper due, give it its proper space. I think this podcast is a place in which it is a fair and safe place to kind of have this conversation because a lot of our listeners and the people we connect with are experiencing a loss right now and they're experiencing pain. And we just wanted to kind of just um, acknowledge that Aramaeus uh, was a solid dude um, doing big things for his people, for his community, for those he loved. And what better way to commemorate him than to have a conversation about him on his podcast. But before we jump into it, we kind of wanted to give you just discretion, listener discretion. We're going to play a clip from a movie that definitely at the time it came out was a... I don't know it was an experience and the content of this clip has never been more real i guess I couldn't say never been because there's been a lot of just lives that have been cut short um, due to violence in communities and but this is just the latest um reincarnation of the clip that we're gonna play um does that sound does that sound fair bj no that's fair yeah yeah so we're gonna play this clip for you and then we're gonna jump into this episode come on man Um, just hearing that clip, man, uh, puts me in a space of, I don't know, not the happiest space to be in. You know, um, I grew up in Southern California in West Covina and Ontario, which about 36 miles east of Los Angeles, um, 39 years old. So I lived through the violent epidemic that was the 80s and the 90s. I wasn't directly in the midst of it, but the ripple effect uh, that poured over into the streets that I grew up in uh, were definitely real Uh, violence between blacks and Mexicans and Asians and even some white folks here and there uh, was a real threat um, on a consistent basis. And I remember watching that movie, I think they came out in 92, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yeah, 91. Yeah, 91, um, being 11 years old in a movie theater with my dad in St. Louis um, and just having that experience of seeing that and not really knowing how to process that. I remember me leaving the theater and uh, neither one of us said anything. Uh, we didn't discuss it. We didn't uh, have any debriefing. We kind of just both went on about our business. And I think that kind of speaks to the power of the film, that scene, um, and kind of everything that was taking place. It's interesting, I would like to go back and watch the movie with my dad again and have some dialogue, but but anyway, um, unfortunately, that scene is about a young man who had his whole life ahead of him, um, and his life was cut short because of a street beef that didn't even directly involve him, and more so involved his brother, and uh, yeah, college professional sports whatever lied ahead for Ricky never came to be due to his life getting cut short early um and if that doesn't directly parallel to nipsey hustle and the the legacy and the life and the unfortunate gone too soonness of his situation um i don't know what can man
2: you know you mentioned this movie and this is a classic this is a a movie called boys in the hood and um in the movie, and the character development, they're in South Central Los Angeles, and they are grappling with opportunity, the potential opportunity through sports and just everyday realities being stopped by the police, being harassed, um, feeling helpless there. You know, the things that they get involved in in their neighborhood, both good and bad um, opportunities to have wisdom and judgment, uh, wisdom through um a small amount of individuals who are hardworking, and you know the scene with Ricky Man is so challenging because I remember just being deeply impacted by it. And you're right, just almost not having words. You know, though, uh, Morris Chestnut has showed up on a lot of, yeah. <laughs> of films since then. Yeah, yeah. This particular film really created this a vacuum of grief in those communities. Just by way of just opening. Um, So I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and similarly raised in the 90s and the 80s. And at the growing height of gang violence, uh, which again has its history in community development, and then that was broken up in the 60s. And then a lot of those members and houses and clubs that were intending to do well and do good um, ended up becoming local street gangs because they lost their leadership Given the involvement of uh, local authorities and just the whole nine, and so that's that was the result. You had, you know, NWA uh, with Ice Cube, um, Eazy-E, and a lot who were creating music about the realities of drugs and violence, um, gang violence, um, just being present in those places where there's an absence of leadership. And so, I grew up in a community with hardworking individuals. But very a, a stone throw away from gang violence. Uh, I remember, you know, friends growing up who lived on neighborhoods and communities where there was less adult supervision, and there was lots of um, foot traffic, and there were individuals who were hooked on drugs. And so, you know, whether they liked it or not, they ended up becoming a piece of the culture. And you know what many would say would be a stat. And so to watch the Boys in a Hood movie, just in referral, and to see Ricky, who is, you know, very athletically talented, attempting to leave this community, not because he doesn't love the people there. And I think, JP, that's something we need to say, is that Ricky was friends with everyone who was there. He had grown up with them. Um, he was attempting to leave. And I think he got a, a scholarship to USC. Is that right?
0: I can't remember what school it was, but he had a, yeah, he was getting a full ride. He was out of there, man. He was getting out of there. Yeah,
2: he was gone. I, I think that the thing that, that you see with Ricky is that one, you know, of a handful of individuals in this really challenging community who finally has his shot. And again, we watched the one individual there lose his life, um, to gun violence, and so I think part of the reason why we're talking about this unexpected passing of rapper Nipsey Hussle is because it has had a ripple effect. Again, <laughs> we are in a Ricky moment, and you know JP and I, off air, we're just talking about some of the PTSDs and even how difficult it is to share, man, that you feel grieved, you feel lost, um, in some of those things, and I know that for some of our listeners who are disconnected from that that feeling, Um, maybe because he didn't grow up in a community that that was so interwoven together and so connected that certain losses would impact the entire community, whether you were connected to those individuals or not. And so I think it's important for us to talk about this and just what it is that you sense, feel, and grieve. I I know the day after it happened, um, I was attempting to work out. (laughs) I was trying to go all about my day and i just had to turn around and go back home just that deep sense of like grief and pain and loss and just being like wow this really happened this this individual was really taken from the world and the way that you know he was taken was by an act of violence as he was in the process of trying to restore the same community that raised him so yeah that's just my initial reflections from boys in a hood and even some of the connections to Nipsey. What do you think, JP?
0: Yeah, man. Um I, in total transparency, haven't been able to be in a space where when I'm quiet, not think about Nipsey, what mm. he represents, what he what he yeah, what he represented and what he will represent moving forward um uh, without crying. Like I I if I'm busy, I'm good, but the moment I'm still and I'm thinking about it or if I go to Instagram or if I go to Twitter, seeing his face, hearing his voice, um, hearing his story, hearing other people tell stories about him, I'm not in the best place. You know what I mean? Not saying that like I'm going to harm myself or something like that, but just in a sense where, to me, uh, I, mean, this is, I can only imagine what people felt like the day MLK passed. Or was murdered, yeah. right, assassinated, or yeah. the day yeah. Malcolm X was assassinated, or yep. you know, or Sam Cook, or Sam Cook,
2: the, the loss of Sam Cook.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Major Evers, like I mean, Fred Hampton, like the, I mean, the list goes on and on. And it's hard, you know what I'm saying? It, it's uh many people may notice already, or or I don't remember if I've said it on one of our shows already, but I left Oakland, moving to Atlanta after having buried probably five friends all within a eight to 10 month period who were all hmm. under the age of 25 who have been murdered. Right. Um, dudes that I spent time with dudes that I was trying to mentor dudes that I was discipling dudes that I was just living life with. Um, I even had a friend murder another friend behind a basketball game. You know what I mean? And it's just like, people that may not have even intersected had I not introduced those two people or, you know, that one person to the particular place where the guy was murdered. And I never processed, again, you know, the church, the cult church I was in, the pastor believed that Christians didn't grieve a certain way and you just move on, you get on with life and blah, blah, blah. blah. So I never really dealt with that trauma and I never really dealt with the pain thereof. And I believe Nipsey's assassination just opened up very many wounds and, mm. and brought me back to a vulnerable place where I am a mess, but deeply loved, right? Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Make sure y'all go get that shirt.
0: Yeah, right. Go right. <laughs> Got to put a plug in <laughs> and lift the spirits a little appreciate bit. Appreciate it. I appreciate but, it,
2: man. We need the spirit yeah, lifted.
0: You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's, it's one of those things, man. And I think, and we'll get into kind of like the meaning and I think, what he represents. But I think one of the most disheartening things about the situation is that I go to some of our mutual friends, um, Instagrams or whatever social media is, and they're, you know, sending their condolences to the family. And then you get people in the comments that they just don't know how to mourn with those who mourn
2: or weep with those. who mm. um, And it's a good point. I got a story, bro. Uh, yeah. I, I read something very, it's troubling. I was troubled by it. And I thought, nah, that can't be serious. And, you know, someone in a certain community was like, man, I, you know, why is it that when said individuals, you know, transition, y'all are really mourning, grieving, sharing this. But the people from certain communities, you know, you don't put on their music. And I thought, you can't be serious. But they were. You can't be serious. No, it absolutely were, and and what it what it showed me was that I man we don't know how to grieve, you know. It, it's interesting we we think this is new, and I love that you you're tying in the connection to MLK, and you're tying into the connection to Mega Evers. and you are tie into the connection to things. You know, we are not people experiencing new things; we're new people experiencing old things, and you know, even to the point of you saying that part of the the heavy heartedness for certain individuals and from our specific community isn't just the, it's not the right now, it's the, this is how it's been. I, you know, I was thinking about this as I was in the process of talking uh, with a good friend from my hometown about gun violence. Actually, we were in the process of texting and talking about it. The news broke about Nipsey being shot. We were in the process of talking about you know, doing some things to be helpful in those ways. And it's because I grew up in a community where most of the people that I know and I have known that have transitioned and passed, it's been from gun violence. I would say probably 75 to 80% of the people that I know. And so for us, I think, you know, and we can talk about the meaning of Nipsey, and even just seeing people not process trauma, and just moving forward. And, you know, we talk about Black Grief Day. They would try to implement that a little bit back in 2016, it was like, hey, Black folks need a day off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take the day off this day. Yeah. I think what what I notice with a lot in our culture is some of us pretend like nothing has happened, while others of us don't take the space to grieve. And then that trauma begins to leak itself out in some very uh, destructive in unhelpful ways. Yeah. Talk to Shepi. What do, what would you say either you observe with individuals or, you know, even just getting into the meaning? Why is it so like grievesome where you got to pause and take a black day from work? What What is it about the situation for those who may not fully understand why is it so important?
0: Yeah, I uh, posted my socials and I, and I said one of the for me, um, and I feel like it's probably resonates with many people, the biggest I don't want to say problem, but the, the the most disheartening thing about the situation is that Nipsey was the rose that grew from the concrete. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with that poem by Tupac Shakur, it just talks about how resilient, how amazing it is to see a rose grow from the concrete. Like see anything grow from the concrete. Like, how does that even happen? But to see a rose go, grow from the concrete. And he's also the personification of a dream actualized, right? There's a, a poem called the, um, the Dream Deferred, right? And I think that when you're thinking about A Dream Deferred by Langston Hughes, Nipsey is the actualization of somebody that comes from a community That rose up from his surroundings, that got out of gang life, that bought property, that bought assets, that gave back to the community, that hired people from this community, that didn't leave the community once he made it, that did his best to educate people worldwide, that went back to even to uh, Eritrea, where he's from, and did work there. Um, was ahead of the curve, had the first smart store in the world, uh, was getting into cryptocurrencies, was making films and documentaries about black doctors who, you know, were were healing people. And over and over and over and over again in American history, mm-hmm. when a black person does that, it doesn't matter what continent you're on. I, I can give you a list of, of, of black leaders in Africa who have been assassinated over time that it seems like when we when. A black person with notoriety, especially a male, gets talking about community development, uh, rejecting Western culture, uh, unity, uh, changing unjust laws, group economics, you know, things of that nature. They become a hashtag. Uh, They Mm. want a T-shirt. They end up becoming a martyr. And it's just like when someone who thinks deeply on the levels that we think on. When you recognize a trend, when you see that this is something that continues to be the case, it makes you sad, bro. Like you lose a piece of yourself. You lose a little bit of hope, but there is hope, right? But you but you see like, man, like, is this my fate? Can this happen to me? Like, you don't feel secure because mm. our heroes die young and not because they're living fast and, and, and dying young. It's because true heroes are the people like him? Like like I'm at a point, and this may be blasphemy for some, but like I in my in my life and in my mind, Nipsey has kind of surpassed Tupac in a sense of huh. um, oh yeah, for sure. It's it's easy, bro. Like I mean, Pac himself said he felt if he wasn't the one, but he would be the one who sparked the mind to 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 do whatever, whatever. And and of course Nipsey and guys like Kendrick and a lot of dudes give Tupac props for for being someone that inspired them. But he was the next step, right? He was doing the community development. He was putting money in the community. He was hiring people. He was doing all these things that maybe Pac was doing, but you don't hear about that, right? We don't know yeah. about that, right? Nipsey was in- Yeah, you hear I Get Around and all those th- right, things. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? And so I think for people of color, um, and, and Nipsey wasn't just a black hero. He was a a, a hero for, for for everyone, you know, but especially people of color. It hurts because he's a life lost he's an example of what life can be he was an inspiration and he was taken from us and it's it's not a moment of celebration it's not a moment of i mean although his mom put up some posts and was encouraging people it's not a happy time you know and it's it's mm. it's it's cool that i think his legacy will impact those and will will be long lasting and, and affect maybe a generation or two but what he was on and what he was doing bro like you want guys like that around, you know? Yeah. And I think with his loss, bro, like if I haven't explained it, I don't know how better I can explain it, but I I think that hopefully that explains to those that are maybe unfamiliar with the situation as to why his passing was so difficult.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that in itself is important is to know that it, it wasn't just music. I think, you know, oftentimes we'll talk about a person's artistic contribution. And though that was true, right. Um, you know, truth of the matter is, I think, you know, what's most impactful to people is that he used music as a means to create opportunity for those by which he came from. So he talked about the store um, that he opened up and the shopping center was the place where he used to hustle and was told by the owner, yo, you got to go. Like you people can't be up here hanging out and all these different things, and, and he talked about how the owner was so uncourteous to them, and he thought, "No, you can't do that to us." And so, when he began to get his you know capital together, he bought he bought the actual place yeah. where he used to have to hustle. And I think that in a way, in a way, like if, if that's not inspiring, right? Where come on, you have zero ownership in a community. All of a sudden, to move towards. I'm not just, I don't just have a store, I own the entire lot. And I'm not just occupying space to be petty, but we bought these things and we're opening up more facilities in order to create a growing, financially vibrant opportunity. And I just think, you know, that is, when when you start talking about the grief, the grief isn't just connected to... Something in culture, because again, there's there's tons of toxic things that happen in hip hop culture, the misogyny, the violence, all these different things. The grief is connected to the philanthropy and the intent, and so I think if I'm assessing kind of what, because I kept trying to say, what am I, what am I grieving? And I, I appreciate you saying he's a rose, a girl from the concrete, just the whole nine. And then it hit me. I go, two things, one we live in a nation that has put people of color in a really difficult situation. And when you realize that you have momentum potential that is exceptional, but you have a passion for your people of origin, your culture of origin, oftentimes people will cut the the tie and then, you know, smile on the other side of the railroad, right? Mm-hmm. But there has been individuals like myself, like yourself, like the Lecrae's, like the TIs, like the many, there's so many thought leaders. Uh, there's so many athletes, the LeBron James of the world, right? Who live with a burden, an unspoken burden of, let me bring those resources to you. And so I think really to your point about how when a life is cut short and, and it seems to be a pattern of those who are publicly creating change and meaning and value to people who have often been un- overlooked. It's like you died. Yeah. It's as if you died. Yeah. And it creates a, a, a re-triggering of PTSD. We, we talked about that because I know there's people who are listening that are saying, man, I feel that. JP, talk to us about PTSD and how it impacts you. And, and what does that mean in terms of a collective trauma? Is there a such thing as a collective trauma because we know that individuals can have PTSD but talk to us about a collective trauma uh, that you even see in our community or within any community
0: yeah i mean collective trauma is a real thing PTSD is a real thing um you have neighborhoods that are under attack daily from members of the community from outside forces such as you know police officers and this isn't a political thing or anti police but it's just it's just the reality of things right you have communities that are under attack from government officials and those that they vote in who decide that the constituents aren't the people that they care about more so than the people that are financing their campaigns, right? So there's there's a lot of, uh, I mean, you have even environmental warfare where some communities will have more laundromats per capita and the chemicals that come out of laundromats. They'll have more chemical plants that dump stuff into the waterway, into the ground. Like, There's a lot of attack that communities of color are under that aren't always violent, but create an environment where the communities themselves are under attack and feeling the vibes of that attack create an unstable environment. Right. Again, it. it's internal or external. And in this situation and in many situations, the PTSD pieces: is one, you create a numbness where people don't deal with the shenanigans or you create a situation where people try to deal with their emotions by causing harm to other people, is that correct? Uh, right? That it's, that look like them, right. Which is the unfortunate piece. Um, or you have people that take their own life because they can't deal with the pain that they're experiencing, you know, or they just figure out, you know, a way to keep pushing without actually dealing with the situation. And so with the PTSD or the group, uh, I think I pretty much said uh, to an extent what the group pain looks like, what the PTSD looks like, but it's, it's, what we're talking about now is this overwhelming sense of mourning that should be felt by everyone, but unfortunately, Because of Nipsey's background, because he was affiliated with the Rolling Sixties, because he uh, was—I mean, some of the lyrics of his music people don't understand. Because he didn't, on all of his music, have a Jesus per minute count that he was uplifting the name of 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 God and and uh, talking about the resurrection of Christ. Like they feel as if he was a life wasted, and I've actually read that on people's social media, and they couldn't find value in who he was. Um, And so then that adds to another level. Like for me, it adds to another level of my mourning and for people of color in the faith community, uh, and I won't say just the people of color because I feel like there were, were people, you know, there are white people or, or people that I don't even know how you say people not of color, uh, but yeah. that also felt lost. But I, and I feel like there was shade on both ends. There was people of color as well as non people of color who were throwing shade and made it seem as if his life wasn't worth celebrating because he wasn't a Bible thumping, you know, Christian rapper or whatever. And so again, I'm just saying I'm just adding to the idea that the 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 group lost the morning, the PTSD has many elements that create his existence. And it's not a simple thing of like, all right, well on to the next. It's it's a, like you said, you feel like you died. You feel like you've lost a, a part of yourself. You feel Absolutely. like you've lost a brother. You feel like you've lost someone close to you. Um, and it, from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, what I'm experiencing is that you have someone who was so impactful to so many people that there is no way that his passing is something that can be taken lightly and just glossed over. And therefore, mm. if people have experienced this loss before, like I have, like you have, it's re-traumatizing. You re-experience. Yeah. You rip the Band-Aid off. You open the scab again. And it's not, it's not one of those open the wound so that it heals properly or you redress it. Like you put the dressing back on so that it heals properly. Like, no, this is pain. This is trauma. This is reliving events or an event that, that reminds you of all those people that also are gone. Like I can literally rattle off a list of people right now who have passed, who took a piece of me with them that passed and they, were, you know what I'm saying? And they were murdered by people that look like them. Um, and it's, it's, I think that's why there's this group thing, why people need to take a day off, why people need to, you know, find themselves sitting and thinking through and seeking professional help because it's, it's, I don't know, man, I, I don't, I don't know how, People don't get it. They don't understand it. And I and I guess I'm just at a loss when it comes to like, I mean, I guess it just doesn't, ha- maybe it doesn't happen in, in, in communities the way it does in communities of color or urban environments. Where- yeah.
2: No, it doesn't. It's, it's normal. So you just think about some of the realities you've just been numb to, you know, the fact that you can rattle off a bunch of friends that have been shot and like taken from gun violence mm-hmm. is no different than countries that experience you know, civil war, and they can rattle on people who have been hit by missiles. Can you name some folks? Right. Who right. you know have been lost their lives to a missile, right? Like, yeah. I think it's foreign, right? It's a foreign thing uh, for many people. And so instead of empathizing, they, they insert ignorance um, or they, you know, live in a naivete of it. And so one of the things that I think has happened is they're so normal, right? You you become so numb to certain things that you forget that it actually hurts, Right. So even as we go through this Ricky, you know, reenactment, I just forgot that hurt. I, I was, I had to remember what I was doing and what was happening when I experienced that. And I just remember it being very unpleasant, um, being very um, lost, feeling very defeated and, you know, believing that, man, this is just totally unfair. It's unfair that this man who is not involved in any gang activity, you know, working diligently to be a blessing to his community is lost. He is the loss of it. And so, yeah, I I think part of the reasons why is just because we have normalized those things. Have I gave you my joke yet about the man who went fishing? Man who went fishing. Okay, got it. So there's a man who wanted to go get in the lake. Actually, a man who wanted to go get in the lake. And he um, was walking up to the water, but then he remembered, like, man, I, I haven't checked the temperature. So as he walked up, he saw a fish uh, floating by, who was swimming by. And he looked up at the fish and he said, hey, how's the water? Okay. The fish looked up, confused. And then he said, what's water? And kept swimming, right? <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: What water is to a fish. Mm-hmm. Is what trauma is to a person that has not soberly processed their past. Yeah. Right? (laughs) What I see with a lot of us is that we just have not dealt with it. We haven't spoken to it. We have not processed it. Therefore, we don't even know it's there, right? But it is very evident in our lives if we need to be a little bit more objective. And so what I would say is I think part of the dilemma is many of us haven't even given ourselves the permission and space to process something called trauma. We think it's a boogeyman, not a part of neurology, <laughs> neurological science, mm-hmm. um, which we see even in war vets and just the whole not, PTSD is a real thing. And group trauma is a real thing as well. And so I think, you know, even as we land a plane somewhat, I would say, and this is my, my statement, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. It's completely okay to not be okay but it's not okay to suffer in silence um, because people read signs from you they can't read your mind. Yeah. What are some things as we land a plane, JP, that you would say? I mean, these are some things at least to get to start confronting and dealing with this process.
0: Yeah, um, man, I think what one should do um, initially is to begin to have a conversation with someone about the incident period, you know, because as you've mentioned, it's easy just to hear about something, see something, read it in a newspaper, and then just keep going because, oh, yep, another one Uh, happens all the time. Yep. Black on black violence. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Um, But when you actually have to stop, think, slow down and process you begin to find out how this thing has affected you or you find out that it's not affecting you at all, which I feel like is a, is a cold place to be. But it's a matter of actualizing and bringing to the surface what could be there. And, and you know, hey, God bless you if, if this thing has happened or if another thing like this happens and because you're disconnected from it, it doesn't affect you. Hey, man, that's more power to you. But if you are disconnected from it because you're numb, because you're callous, because you build up tough skin to these type of things, then that's a whole nother situation. Um, And I think so first steps is really having a conversation with someone and really processing and walking through this particular situation. I think from there, it's a matter of being honest with yourself and saying, hey, what do I need to do for me so that I can process this properly once I've recognized that there is something there, so there's something underlying the service, there's something to what just happened and what I'm experiencing, so you recognize Good. it and then you actually figure out and map out a plan on how you're going to actually mourn the loss or or take the day off or you know whatever it is that you need to do um and then I think the the other the last thing that you well maybe not the last thing, but the the next thing that you can and should do is try to walk somebody else. Through the process, just as you've walked through the process, because it's, it's something special that takes place when you're able to share that pain, that trauma, that experience, that process with somebody else. It's one thing to talk about it to somebody else, but it's another thing to hear somebody else's experience and then help them through that thing. It's almost like when people go off to foreign lands trying to be missionaries and like, oh, I'm going to go out here and save these heathens. But then you have an experience when these people actually minister to you and you're like, man, I would have missed so much if I would have just came here with the closed mind. Of, I have something for them. So through the process of hearing somebody else talk through talk through the issue, you may actually receive a breakthrough for yourself that allows you to properly deal with the trauma and experience the pain in such a way where you also receive healing from it.
2: That's good, bro. That's a great start. I think um, my encouragements would be, be honest about where you are. I love the fact that you say, do what what you need. You know, for me, part of what I needed to do is I needed to just walk away. You know, I was not in the space to even engage in a workout. and And that's okay. You know, that's okay. You know, some people have to take off of work after things like this. That's okay, right? You taking care of you is very important because, you know, you only have you, right? right, right. And, and we need a healthy version of you. Let's just say someone is having difficulty and they need to connect one-to-one with a life coach um, who could also, you know, be specially trained in by vocation in, you know, some of these fields and disciplines. What would you say a person can do, JP, in order to get some personal attention and some help in these areas?
0: Yeah, man. I, I would think expeditiously um, head over to buildabetterus.com, Um And there is a place there um, where you can connect to a life coach. Um, we've got several life coaches and counselors on staff who are ready to help you heal, to help you process, to help you deal um, with not only the loss of Nipsey if need be, but any other trauma um, that you've experienced in your life. Yeah, that's, that's, that is a very, very, very good starting point.
2: Yeah, that's good. And yes, so as, as you listen to this, um, you know, if you need to go through and pause, take notes and just reflect to heal, you know, please feel free to do that. Also, if you're online, um, and you really appreciate and enjoy the podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. And share your favorite episode online uh, on social media. Make sure you tag me at BJ116 and see John Moore. S-E-E-J-O-N-O-R-O-R But our goal is to help you become a better you
0: so that we can become a better us.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build A Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build A Better Us podcast.